coming up on the talk show. Did James Harden just pull a full 180 in Houston? The NFL MVP race, is that over? Right after I recorded this episode, I think Josh Allen inserted himself into the conversation for NFL MVP. But before that, it might have been over. 2020 was a crazy year. It just got crazier this past weekend. And it's really the most wonderful time of the year, at least for sports. Hockey is coming up. The NBA is heating up. The NFL playoffs, they're here. The MLB hot stove is heating up for everyone but the Yankees. Is there reason for Yankee fans to be concerned? I'll explain all that and more on the talk show. Oh, oh, it's magic. Yeah, I'm starting this podcast off right. It was a great weekend, holiday weekend. Who doesn't love holiday weekends, right? When there's a holiday on Friday, really Thursday, like the whole thing starts already. You have Christmas Eve, great chill. And then it just jolts you right into Friday, day off. And then that whole thing. I became an uncle again. My brother had a baby on Friday, so that's crazy. Um, And that whole thing is just happening in one long, crazy weekend. I deserve to be in a good mood, right? I want to sing about Fitzpatrick. You almost forget that there was this week because life is so hectic. And now it's Monday evening. And Monday is just such a downer that after that, awesome Saturday night crazy game I wasn't planning on watching that game by the way like I had zero interest in watching that poopy game it's Derek Carr loves to blow games like they go six and three for the first nine games every year and then they stink against the Dolphins who are in my division but I don't really care about because what matters with the Jets in their division anyway and then Ryan Fitzpatrick comes into that game because Tua, for some reason, can't finish games, which is weird. Like, maybe stop starting him or at least stop saying he's the starter. Anyway, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in and just pulls magic out of his butt like he always seems to do. And now, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a 10-5 and team going into Buffalo with a playoff spot on the line. Win and you're in. Lose and you're not. Wait, I've heard this story before. All right, I told you about this story. Happened with the Jets. Going into Buffalo, 10-5. and five, Winning, you're in. Losing, you're out. Guess what they did? Well, guess what's going to happen this time? Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to throw six touchdowns. The Dolphins are going to win. They're going to go to the playoffs. Now, I don't think Buffalo's going to rest their starters in this game. They shouldn't. They want the second seed, right? I think Pittsburgh is going to rest their starters. They shocked a lot of people yesterday by winning. Just the fact that they won that game. They came back in that game and won. People were like, oh, look, Pittsburgh. Maybe they're good again. Who knows? But the fact is they're going to rest their starters because they just need a break. They need to regroup, reset, and hope they can win that first playoff game, which I don't know if they will. But if you're the Bills, let's get that two seed. Let's lock it up. Let's play the worst wildcard team in week one at home. So the Dolphins are going to have to go in there and win a game for real to get into the playoffs. Last time, the Bills had nothing on the line. It was the Rex Ryan Bills, and that's who beat the Jets, of course. I think I failed to mention that in my article. That was Rex Ryan, of all people. When the Dolphins win this game, though, they're going to show us, you, that it's not about the player. It's not about the team. The Jets just can't win games like that. They don't do that. Other teams do. Ryan Fitzpatrick has it in him. It wasn't a Fitzpatrick problem. It was a Jets problem. They won again. 
that game literally felt like every other Browns Jets game ever. Like after the Jets scored on their opening drive of the third quarter, one of my Jet fan friends texted me and he was like, how does this team go 0-13 to start the year? Look. And then I texted him 10 minutes later. That's how that team went 0-13 to start the year. The fourth quarter of that game, not the fourth quarter, the whole game looked like every other Browns-Jets game for the last five to seven years. And these are supposed to be the teams that are terrible in the Jets, the team that's amazing in the Browns. They've been so good, but they haven't really been the same since they lost to Lamar Jackson. So um, that's pretty crazy for the Browns fans. That whole division is nuts. We'll see what happens. There are a lot of implications going into week 17, which is always fun. Week 17, you have all these different playoff spots on the line, but I'm not here to talk about that just yet. I'm here to talk about the Jets. My Jets. The Jets are locked into the second overall pick in the draft, and I told you from the start they wouldn't get Trevor Lawrence, which is fine. Again, one player doesn't fix a franchise. You're not going to solve all your problems by drafting one guy. And maybe the guy isn't even the guy. Maybe he is the guy. It doesn't matter. You know, when the Indianapolis Colts drafted Andrew Luck, they were one year removed from having Peyton Manning as their quarterback. It wasn't like a terrible franchise for years. Destlin, all of a sudden, Andrew Luck was the savior. No, it was Peyton Manning for 20 years. And then they were terrible because he was hurt. They got Luck, got rid of Manning. That's what happens. That's how good franchises work. The Jets are not a good franchise. They need to build. They need to win. They need to build through the draft. They need seven good draft picks to come out of every draft. So if you think one draft pick is going to help them, then ugh, no, it's not. So what do they do now? I think they keep Darnold. There's no second guy who's going to blow you away in this draft. Keep Darnold. Give him one more year. Give him one more chance. Get an offensive lineman. Sewell. I can't pronounce his name. I hope I learned how to pronounce his name before they actually draft him. Hopefully they will draft him. Here's the thing, though, about them drafting him. Me and all my Jet fan friends are saying they need to draft the offensive lineman. Keep Darnold for one year. See what they have. Maybe pick up Allen Robinson. See what they can do. But if all the Jets fans are saying that, and that clearly feels like the right move, you know the Jets are not going to do that. They don't make the right move. That's not what they do. So, well, that's fun. I'm not yet ready to say Sam Darnold is a great quarterback. He clearly doesn't look like it yet. But put him with the right pieces. Put him with the right players. Give him a real chance. Give him a real coach. And speaking of coach, you know what's more tragic than the Jets not getting the first overall pick? And this is far, far worse than them not getting the first overall pick. Is the chance to have a good coach. First of all, if they win their third straight game, or even just these past two games, that Adam Gase all of a sudden starts coaching like he looks like he cares all of a sudden. I don't trust that guy. I don't trust the Jets to fire him. If they, for some reason, keep him around, that is unforgivable. They cannot keep Adam Gase. I saw a story today that says they're firing him. God, I hope it's true. Do I trust them? No. But hopefully they fire him. I mean, that would be absolutely insane. Of all the insane things they could do, keeping Adam Gase would be the most insane thing. There are three other head coaching vacancies. One has Deshaun Watson. One's going to have Trevor Lawrence. One has Matthew Stafford. Why would a head coach candidate not go there before coming to the garbage dump trash show that is the Jets? That's way worse than losing out on Trevor Lawrence in that first pick. You need to build a franchise. Like I said, brick by brick wins. Build a winning culture. You need a good coach to do that. I'm not upset about the wins. I'm upset that they're not going to get the coach who's going to provide them with the ongoing confidence to continue to win games like this and to build. That's the bigger issue here. I mean, it's that simple. 
I mentioned Deshaun Watson, so I want to mention this for a second. Mitchell Trubisky, through his first, I don't remember what the number was, like 40 career game starts, has more wins than Deshaun Watson. Just throwing that out there. I'm just going to leave that there. I'm a Trubisky truther. Have been. There are rumors now he might get another contract. I love it. I'll be a Trubisky truther till the day I die. Listen, if he turns out to be good, just like Ryan Tannehill, maybe there's hope for Sam Darnold. But here's the thing about Sam Darnold. The guy always throws between the hash marks. The guy's throwing over the middle constantly. You know who never throws between the hash marks? Really never throws to the middle of the field at all is Aaron Rodgers. He threw a pick in the middle of the field. And Chris Collinsworth said, he's like, uh, you never see that from Rodgers. You know why you never see that from Rodgers? Because he doesn't throw to the middle of the field ever. He doesn't throw to where the linebackers and safeties are sitting. He makes the harder pass to the outside, outside the numbers, definitely outside the hash marks. And trust his receivers, trust his arm. Darnold, it felt like that entire second half was throwing these little dink-dunk passes over the middle, always in traffic. I don't think the guy's broken. I don't think he's not fixable. But he needs to be way better than he is. And I think he has a chance to be, but I don't know. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he's the MVP, right? Like, Mahomes did not play well the last couple weeks, last three weeks even. The Chiefs do whatever it takes to win. That's what I always say. The Chiefs do whatever it takes to win. And Patrick Mahomes generally provides you with whatever it takes to win. But it hasn't taken much to win for them the last few weeks, and he has not been good. So I think that conversation is over. The only other person who could possibly win it right now is, I guess, Devontae Adams, the guy on Aaron Rodgers' own team. But technically, Rodgers enables him to be great. So I don't know. I never really understood giving it to a wide receiver who needs to catch the ball from the quarterback. Like, yeah, Devontae Adams is great, but do you see some of those throws from Rodgers? How perfectly placed they are? It's not normal. Yeah, Rodgers is the MVP. Does anyone care? I don't know, but congratulations, Aaron Rodgers. The only other option for MVP was, I guess, Josh Allen. So Josh Allen looks great. We'll see how he looks tonight. I kept saying Aaron Donald would be great. Well, he fell from graces because that team was terrible, and they've been terrible. Russell Wilson, talk about plummeting off of the MVP talk train or whatever. That guy fell. I mean, they're winning games, but they don't look good doing it at all. I don't know what happens now. I'm going to go through all the scenarios. That's going to be my next episode, going through the playoff scenarios. So do the Rams get a spot now? Does Arizona get a spot? I'm not sure what happens now. All I do know is we got screwed out of a serious, great Sunday night football game. The Washington professional football team against the Philadelphia Eagles would have been Sunday night football win and you're in whoever wins that game. But the Eagles couldn't beat the Dallas Cowboys. Really? They got, they're up 14-3 and then they got crushed from that point on by the Dallas Cowboys. Just absolutely astonishing to me. I tweeted out when they were up 14-3. I'm like, this is going to be it. We're going to have the Sunday nighter. I was right about which game they picked for the Sunday Nighter, but it wasn't the way I thought it was going to be. But that's going to be the whole next episode. I mean, that whole division fell apart. And we'll talk about those playoff scenarios next episode. But that whole division just absolutely exploded in front of our faces. For the Giants, they can still make it. You probably still want them to make the playoffs if you're a Giants fan. I would want them to make the playoffs even to get blown out. Who cares? You win next week, maybe Philly wins, and you're in. So if you're a Giants fan, you want them to make the playoffs. For the Washington professional football team, a.k.a. the Redskins, and yes, Al Michaels called them the Redskins on the broadcast last night, 
he didn't even he wasn't even doing the Redskins game before the Redskins game started. He was calling them the Redskins. Next week he's gonna be doing the Washington Philly game, and you don't think he's gonna call them the Redskins? So that was fun. Uh, he didn't even apologize because no one cares. So he was just kind of like, oh well, I knew that was gonna happen. That was kind of funny. Um, but they cut Dwayne Haskins today. So that experiment is one of the worst. I mean, how often do you see a top 15 pick in the draft be cut before the even two-year mark? So that's really crazy. Um, and they lose that game. The guy, Heineken, Heikinen, whatever his name is, his name is a beer. Uh, he played great. I want to see Alex Smith back. The only reason I like that team is because Alex Smith and that story, there was like a week where this division looked like, oh my God, this division could actually be fun. The Giants were winning games. The Redskins slash football team were winning games. Philly came alive with Hurts. Dallas stinks as always. Fun NFC East. And then they had to play teams like Seattle and real football teams. And I was like, oh, right, this team stinks. This division stinks. It's going to be a stinker of a Sunday night game. Yeah, whoever wins will probably make the playoffs, but the game's going to stink. And maybe the Giants will make it. So the game has the most implications, but we'll get into all of that in the next episode because I want to get another episode in before the end of 2020. Why? 2020 is a crazy year. You never know what could happen. So I'm going to squeeze as many episodes into 2020 as possible. You know how I know 2020 is crazy other than all the stuff everyone knows? Because it just got crazier yesterday. Yesterday, the New York football Jets and the New York basketball Knicks both won a game. Those two teams won a game in the same day, on the same day. That is nuts. If you didn't think 2020 was crazy before, now you know it's nuts. Those two teams never win. Forget about it on the same day. And speaking of the Knicks win, it came out of nowhere. I mean, after game two, it was like, okay, this team needs a point guard. They don't have one. Alfred Payton makes my eyes bleed. That was the tweet I sent out. Watching Alfred Payton makes my eyes bleed. I stand by it, by the way. But he looked incredible against the Bucs last night. The Knicks' defense looked really good. Barrett was great. Alec Burks is a real player. I hope he's not hurt. Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly, another two guys who look like they could be real players for this team, are already hurt. So if Alec Burks is hurt, it's just Alec Burks. But it would suck. I mean, he played really well. But Julius Randle played well. Mitchell Robinson played well. Giannis stunk. They actually left him open from three a few times. And I'm glad. I mean, the guy can't shoot. It's over, right? I mean, we keep saying, if he develops a jumper, if he develops a jumper, if he develops a three, if he develops a three. How about we should start saying, if he develops a jumper, not a three. It was actually Barack Obama who said, if he develops a 10 to 15 footer, that's what will make him great. Not a three-pointer. You don't need a three-pointer. Everyone builds a wall. But if he had, like, if he could walk into a a 15-foot jumper, you know, stop on a dime and shoot it. We know he's athletic enough to do it. Or even shoot free throws consistently. He'd be on a different level. Not saying he isn't great already, because he is. He's incredible. But he'd be a next level of elite player. The likes we haven't seen. LeBron James type. That's what he would be. We don't need him to shoot a three, but he keeps shooting these threes. He missed most of them. He looks awkward shooting them, but... He missed a free throw, a huge free throw against Boston to lose that game. He's the league's MVP. He's the most valuable. I get it. He's really good. 
but to take himself to the next, next level of the elite of the elite. He needs to hit those free throws. And he should have a mid-range game. Then he becomes impossible to guard. He becomes absolutely unstoppable. So I'd like to see that. Getting back to the Knicks, though, it was an all-around team effort last night. Everyone looked great. And I just wish the guarding crowd was there for it. Nilakina walks into a three. Mike, Mike Breen goes bang. And it's just not the same. I mean, the entire last two minutes of that game, when the starters are already out, the guarding crowd would be rough feet going nuts as the PA announcer goes two minutes. That is the game that makes the garden the garden. It's why we miss sports so much, even though we have them. Just those crowds being there. It's a different, it's just different. And it was impossible not to notice last night. Mike Breen did point it out in the broadcast, but I was thinking it already. So I can't wait for that. Hopefully we'll have that soon. I'm going to talk a little bit more NBA and then get to baseball. But first, a word from Anchor. Into the NBA, we're in full swing with the NBA schedule. It's been really fun. My guys who I thought would be great are awesome. Jason Tatum, great. Devin Booker, awesome. By the way, what I love about the Phoenix team, Chris Paul is not putting up crazy numbers. And I didn't expect Chris Paul to put up crazy numbers. But I said what he would do is add an effect to their game. Help these young guys. Bridges looks better. Booker looks better. Aiton looks better. These guys look great because Chris Paul is there. That's the effect of having a veteran point guard like Chris Paul. I didn't think my Knicks were ready for that this year. I still don't. I stand by that. But Devin Booker is ready to become that guy. Those guys are ready to do that. So I'm really happy that Chris Paul is there and doing that for that team. Now, no NBA segment of mine is complete without me talking about my favorite guy, James Harden. So when I left off, James Harden got it completely out of hand. He needed the trade and he needed it now. He would not do anything until he was traded from the Houston Rockets. And he went to great lengths to ensure that he gets that trade, just absolutely sabotaging the team. Can you imagine if you're John Wall or Boogie Cousins working your way back from injury only to not be able to play because this guy is acting like a clown? I mean, can you imagine how upset you'd be? And I said, the league needs to step in. Somebody needs to suspend him. Somebody needs to take pay away from him. He can't do this. He can't bully this team around. He's going to force his way out of here. And guess what? If he gets his way, he wins. And the next guy's going to do this. It's absolutely not normal. It can't work. And they did the right thing. Someone stepped in. I don't know who. But something happened. Something changed. Daryl Morey was fined. I don't know if he should have been. Maybe James Harden was the one saying to him, hey, I want to join you. I want to follow your lead. But the next thing we know, James Harden's dropping 50 points, triple doubles, and winning games. Although, minus the winning games, they're not winning games. But nobody cares about wins in the NBA anymore. I talked about this. Nobody cares about wins. The biggest storylines from the NBA were all losses. But it's crazy that they got James Harden back in the first place. The fact that he's playing right now for the Houston Rockets is just absolutely nuts. I don't understand it. If he's traded in two weeks, the problem's still solved. They saved a disastrous situation. If they traded him right away after the way he behaved, you set a precedent. You say the players can win. There's nothing we can do to stop you at any point. They put their foot down. He's playing basketball. He looks good doing it. Doesn't look physically good, but his game is playing well. Also, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, here's why you don't trade your entire bench that is such a great second unit 
for James Harden. You're always one injury away. No one likes to see injuries. Spencer Dinwiddie is the one who got hurt towards ACL. He's out for the year. And I really hope John Morant is okay. He also hurt himself. He was wheelchaired off the court tonight. I hope he's okay. But you're always one injury away. It sucks. So Spencer Dinwiddie is now going to be out for the year. And if you traded all those pieces and Harden was the one who got hurt or Kyrie or KD, it's why you can't do stuff like that. You never know. And this team is deep. This team is going to be able to overcome it. Karis LeVert is great. This bench is really good. And of course, the starters just look incredible so far. KD looks like his self completely. Same goes for Kyrie. So if any fans, specifically Nick fans, were hoping the Nets would be bad, they're not going to be. I want to move over to baseball for a second. This is my favorite time of the year. So after the new year, the MLB hot stove is going to heat up. Players are going to have to start to sign somewhere because they need teams by February. You know, mid to late February, pitchers and catchers. Who knows what it's going to be this year? But this year, hockey's starting. NBA starting to heat up. Football playoffs. So many great scenarios, which I'm going to break down next episode. It's really, quite frankly, the most wonderful time of the year. Sports-wise as well. But if you're a New York Yankee fan, you're just on pins and needles. You probably said, okay, nothing happened before Christmas. We'll take a breather, regroup in a week. What's happened since then? Two of the best pitchers who apparently were on the market are now off the market and with the San Diego Padres. The Yankees always had the opposite problem. They had the middle rotation guys, but they never had the ace. Now they got the ace. They got Garrett Cole. Behind him, there's nobody. And they need more bullpen pieces. It was sad to see Tommy Canely go. I love Tommy Elephant Legs Canely. It's the best, but they need a bullpen piece. They need rotation guys. And apparently Blake Snell and Yu Darvish were available to be had. Now, I don't love the Yu Darvish trade. I think he's on a decline in his career, although he's coming off a great year, but in only 60 games. I think they might live to regret that one. Zach Davies is going to be a really good pitcher in this league, I believe. So nice job by the Cubs. But the Blake Snell trade, I mean, come on. He's so young. He's so good. The last time we see him in a... Tampa Bay Ray uniform is going to be Kevin Cash pulling him too early from that World Series game. That's going to be very, very iconic. Well, the beneficiaries were the LA Dodgers. But not anymore. Now he's in your division. You're going to see him a lot. And guess what? He's not going to be getting pulled out of games anymore. So that's a great trade. I hope there's a market out there for someone else, maybe a Luis Castillo for the Yankees. But Yankee fans, you have to be nervous at this point. DJ LeMayo might not be back. I saw the Yankees have the second best odds as of right now to win the World Series. That's crazy to me. How do you give the Yankees the second best odds? They don't have a bullpen. They don't have starting pitching beyond Garrett Cole. Their best player might not be back next year. What gives you the confidence? I guess Vegas. I don't know. Maybe there are some crazy betters out there. Well, not maybe. We know there are some crazy betters out there. But as a Yankee fan, there's nothing to give you the confidence that the Yankees are going to be good this year if the roster is constructed as it currently is. All right. I'm going to wrap it up. I think that's all I got. Hopefully everything will heat up and will be free agency. Hopefully the Yankees will get something done. Next episode is going to be really awesome. Next episode is going to be NFL week 17 scenarios, playoff pictures. There's so much fun stuff to do in it. Until then, here's Bon Jovi. Enjoy it. See ya.
Is it?